Hello, mighty people of the Most High Magnificent God. This is Heather Miller, and I've come to bring you a word straight out of the Word of God today. Going to be talking out of 2 Thessalonians 1 through 3, Matthew 15, 25, and I'm going to grab some Romans 1, 32, and any other thing that I might flip across as I am uh, dancing around in my spiritual talk today. So, if you'd like to grab your Bibles or your phone Bible or whatever, just drive down the road. Join me today as I <clears throat> bring a word. The Lord has put a word on my heart. And, you know, I do things different in my podcast ministry. I don't do things on a schedule. I do things as, as the Lord gives me a word. As I feel that I have sub, something of substance to say. And I like it like that. It's just what suits my personality. Each one of you has a different personality that God wants to use it somehow, some way. Everybody's got talents. Don't bury those talents. Time is, is short and the, the hour is late, my friend. It is time to do the work of the Lord in any way that you can. Thank you for joining me. And um, something the Lord has put on my heart. It's basically, how is it basic? It's not basic. <laughs> it's very complex, actually. Trying to condense the things when the Lord has put something on your heart. You know what I'm talking about, preachers out there that listen to this. I have a lot of ministers that listen to me. And I have, you know, and, and we need that. We need to, to be able to hear each other, you know, Um you're trying to condense something that's very complex in in just a few minutes of of a podcast or or a talk somewhere and it's sometimes it feels overwhelming so bear with me but um gonna be talking about the modern day apostasy and what that actually looks like um gonna be talking about the falling away and what does that look like gonna be talking about love Okay, that's a big subject right now, is it not? Okay, you're seeing it everywhere. But what kind of love? You know what I'm saying? We're going to be talking about not being unevenly yoked. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, not falling in with all of these goons that are being prepped to receive the Antichrist. Foolish, foolish ones out there, right? I mean, you can see it coming like a freight train. I think it what it does is it makes those of us who can see it um, in our natural man it makes us feel a little helpless it's like you can see it coming you see the meteorite fixing to hit the earth and you're running around trying to warn people and they're just oblivious I mean they just look at you so simplistic like or look at you like you're crazy kind of like uh, Proverbs 1 Proverbs 1 is so dear to my heart. It's always God dealt with me in that a couple of years or three ago, and I never let it go. I, I quote from it all the time. But those people in Proverbs 1 were like that. Um, their simplicity basically killed them because they refused to, to think. They refused to meditate and ponder on the deeper meanings of life and their eternal soul. And, and it was... Uh, unto their destruction 
And for those of us who have, the, the Lord has taken the scales off your eyes. You see the bigger picture. You see eternity. You see that this life is temporal. Uh, you can see the things going on in the world that are so deceiving. That it's like nowadays the devil doesn't even have to try. All he has to do is throw a little, little something out there and they just grab hold of it. And it's frustrating for those of us who can see the deceptions. We're trying to get souls saved. So, but be not discouraged, my brother and my sister, because um, God is going to use you in mighty ways. Okay, in this last hour, everybody's called to the field to harvest. Everybody has a testimony. Every person, your hands are needed uh, to do the labor. God is going to use you in a great way. All you have to do is be willing. If you're saved, you have a testimony. That's your very first testimony. Use that, okay? And God will lead you in the right direction. Let Him use you. Let Be the hands and the feet. Hallelujah. So I'm going to start. I'm actually, I did not print anything today. So you're going to hear me flipping and flopping around in my Bible. And the little pages flopping. So... <clears throat> I'm going to start in 2 Thessalonians. And um, as always, you know, I'm going to try to catch all these scriptures that I just cited. But you all know how I am. Uh, I miss scriptures sometimes as far as like I forget to read stuff. But y'all keep coming back like you're getting something. So I just keep doing this podcast. <laughs> Thank goodness. So you don't have to be perfect to be to, to minister and to uplift God's people. Um, but before I read 2 Thessalonians 1 through 3, <clears throat> I wanted to, um, gosh, how do I share this? I wanted to uh, maybe give a little, in the last couple of days, a little, little um, uh, testimony, if you will, of, of kind of how my day went uh, yesterday. It was a good day. God, th- thank you, Lord Jesus, for yesterday. Um, but, you know, you wake up some mornings and you can just kind of feel the enemy is there trying to discourage trying to get your mind to feeling discouraged and a little maybe a little sour okay I was kind of feeling that you know as I pondered and I thought about the very subject I'm going to talk on today just sometimes God uses things that aggravate irritate or that he's drawn my attention to that that really hurt me break my heart to inspire a message he does and I was thinking about why Christians are falling professed Christians now I'm going to define what I mean by that in a little bit I'm talking about people who claim Christ okay Uh, why are they falling off the wagon left and right I mean they are adopting um outlandish things that we never dreamed if you was to say 20 years ago go back and get in a little time capsule go back go back to uh, 2002 okay uh and go back 30 years go back to 1992 okay and you was to go back and tell those people and there were some that did but nobody believed them because i remember those people and say this is where they're wanting to take us this is where they're wanting to go your grandchildren will be doing this that and the other blah 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 
Okay, they'd say, "Oh no, that's there's one of those crazy conspiracy theorist Christians. They're just way off the deep end. They'll never happen. You couldn't get enough people to think that way." Well, surprise, surprise! Look where we are. Not only is that are they thinking that way in a wide range in the world, but the church is going that way with them. It is shocking, isn't it? And that is perplexing. Human behavior fascinates me. Um, you know, there's that old tale of the Pied Piper. Almost everybody's familiar with that tale where the Pied Piper uh, played the flute <clears throat> and all the rats heard the music and went off the cliff. It's very, very, very much the same with humans, human behavior. It's, for some reason, most human beings will feel safety in numbers, okay? And we all do to an extent. God made us for companionship with one another, okay? But for some reason, most human beings uh, feel uh, more secure being surrounded by, or being following a crowd of people, they naturally move with the the crowd, kind of like a, a school of fish. And then you have these few little ornery ones like me. I actually feel more comfortable away from a crowd, just looking from the bushes, if you will. Just kind of, I don't like to follow a crowd. Uh, my father was real big about that. My mother was real big about that. They did not follow the crowd. And they taught that to me. And I honor them for that. Um, They actually taught me the opposite. If the crowd's going one way, you better stop and look and see what's going on. Because there's probably deception ahead. And don't you find that to be most of the time true? Don't you find that when you see a, a movement of a certain thought going in a certain way, if you really start to look at what are these people doing, because flesh, the flesh of us, uh, we want that, that flesh wants to be fulfilled, okay? It seems like nine times, out, most of the time, 99% of the time, it, whatever it is that's seducing that crowd it's a fleshly thing. It looks spiritual, but it's actually a fleshly thing. Or it looks like it could be right. So we're going to get into that. But my day yesterday was basically feeling like that. God using it to provoke a word in me. And um, and and then um, I actually uh, got a call from a, a friend of mine. And... Um, it just sounded like they were completely uh, seduced with some of the world's ideologies. And this is a Christian friend. And so that really discouraged me. And then another friend of mine sent me a video, which I love. I'm going to try to put it on this podcast. I'm going to try to put the link on, on in the description. But there was a young lady... She, I don't know what city she was in, but it encouraged my heart. As they were, she was standing out on the sidewalk protesting along uh, against, for our side rather, 
we had the Roe versus Wade people out there, and they were uh, wearing the handmaiden costumes. Everybody knows that's going on right now. And not only were they in these red costumes, but they were also proclaimed professed witches. And this was a woman of God, and she worked for a like a pregnancy center, I think. And um, she was preaching. Oh my goodness, she that was six minutes of Holy Ghost fire. And it felt good to hear it. And I was listening to her. She, it was like she was standing up against the prophets of Baal. And that encouraged my heart so much because it was amazing to hear somebody uh, standing in an hour where nobody wants to stand anymore. Nobody wants that confrontation. Uh, they're fearful of having a little scuffle with somebody over the truth. They're, they're terrified. They, um, but this girl was not, she did not back down. She did not pull punches. She said, my God is greater than your God. Your God is the devil. Uh, she just flat out told them and they all surrounded her and were pointing at her, um, trying to put a spell on her, whatever they were doing. She didn't even back down. It, it was, it was really refreshing. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Uh, you see so much bad news and then you see that refreshing thing that, that just revives you and gives you hope. So I'm going to try to attach that. I'm going to do my best anyways. But talking about the falling away, okay, this seems to, there's so many of these things like subjects like this in the Bible that just provokes strife. People just fighting all the time, right? When if we would just come together in true unity, pray and pray, talk to the Lord. He will bring us to uh, one-mindedness on these topics. Now, I talked not too long ago in my podcast called The Real McCoy. And that one has a little picture of a, a Pomeranian. Looks just like my Pomeranian with a cowboy hat on. <laughs> Go back and listen to that one. Because that's where I talk about how the church was methodically infiltrated and that some of the, uh, all of the prosperity, fake prosperity gospel that is, is rooted in uh, St. Germain. And I highly recommend that you catch that. And I would like to go into detail about that at another time, even deeper detail. But um, uh, talking about the fallen way, that's, that's connected to it also. That's just one part of it. Okay, we have a big old iceberg here. We got a little bit sticking out the top, and the bottom is just, whoo, it is deep. So that, that St. Germain thing and how all of those teachings infiltrated the church, if you want to learn that, go to um, uh, The Real McCoy on my podcast. But this is another one. Talking about the, the how people are falling away. Well, the falling away is for believers. Or else there's nothing to fall away from. They're falling away from their faith into apostasy and apostasy is defined as abandonment of beliefs just as simple as that abandoning what you believe and today they are abandoning even the most basic beliefs they are absolutely yoking up with the world's ideologies we're going to talk about that 
falling away. And so this is what it says. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind. This is a word of comfort for us. Yes, it is. We need to read this. Those of us who are standing on the rock. Be not soon shaken in mind. Oh, I was shaken in mind yesterday. Just frustrated. Or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Now, this was back then. We understand that. Let no man, because we know that Jesus is coming soon. We know that nowadays. It's over 2,000 years later. Let no man deceive you by any means. Let no man deceive you by any means. Now, how many times the Bible warns us, brother and sister, be not deceived. Over and over and over and over in the Bible, be not deceived. God warns us over and over, be not deceived. Yet today, people that claim Christ, okay, are being deceived left and right, falling off into apostasy defined as abandonment of beliefs. Okay? This is the falling away. They're falling away in great numbers. So what's going on? Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. What are we seeing right now? People just sliding off of the spiritual cliff. Sliding off spiritual cliff. Loose rocks just going down. Just You could see somebody laying on the side of a mountaintop. And they're just sliding down on their belly. All, you know, rocks going everywhere around them. Because they were never standing on the rock of Christ Jesus in the first place. Were they ever his? That's my personal question. That's my personal question. Once, now this is my opinion. I'm going to give you an opinion alert. Okay, this is my opinion. Okay. Heather Miller's opinion, personally, is that how could you have ever been Christ's and the Holy Spirit dwelt within you and, and you trembled before the Most High God and repented for your sins and He showed you the awesomeness of His glory and His power and moved in your life in powerful ways. How could you have ever had that kind of relationship in the first place and then turn around and adopt some of the most disgusting ideologies that were straight from the pit of hell later? I don't get it. That's my question rather than an opinion. It's more of a question. I'm perplexed. And it's deeply disturbing to me. Um, Unless, see, they were never truly converted and they never really truly repented of their sin and they never really were serving the real Jesus to start with. This is a hard question. Okay, this is a hard thing to think on because, see, what we have today is we have um, a fake church. The church that they showed that is at the front that we see today, it's a front. That church, with, what, when I hear preachers talking or 
different people referring, and it's all a terminology thing. I hear all these people referring to the church today. What's wrong with the church today? Well, there ain't nothing wrong with God's church. You know, I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. Okay? Ain't nothing wrong with God's church in this earth. Now, Heather, what are you talking about? You're just sitting here griping one minute about uh, the church and the things they're doing. And the other side, you're saying there ain't nothing wrong with the church. Make up your mind. I'm going to define what I'm talking about here. What we have today is we have a false front church. Okay, you remember those old western buildings, you know, uh, that they had those big false fronts. And really behind it is a little big building. (laughs) It wasn't that big. But they had that big old tall. They might be 15 or 20 foot tall up there at the top. And it's propped up by two by fours in the back to make it look bigger. Okay. Beautiful on the outside. You go inside, it's not really much there. It's smaller than than it looks on the outside. Okay. False fronts. Okay. That church has been, the church, the worldly, fleshly church has been completely uh, infiltrated with some of the most abominable doctrines uh, in addition to the the satanic uh, give me gospel. It's what I like to call it. The give me, give me gospel. Uh, The prosperity St. Germain gospel. Okay, that's what that is. I'm telling you, I could read it. Uh, I could read an excerpt from a channeled Saint Germain, a channeler, a person that channeled Saint Germain. I'm going to tell you something that sounds just like Joel Osteen. Exactly. Now, I'm not here to bash on him today. I'm just saying it's a fact. I could read it to you. Um, so, as a matter of fact, I think I will. Okay, I was not planning to do that, but I, I'm going to pull it up right here. And I'm going to read it while I'm on the phone with you. Um, Here it is right here. Today I accept God's gift of abundance. Today everything I am and have that is good is increased. I identify everything I do with success. I think affirmatively. And with all my prayers, I accept abundance. Who does that sound like? Uh, you know who it sounds like. That's not who it is. This is actually somebody who claims to have channeled the spirit of St. Germain and wrote all this. There's much more to it than that. It goes on and on. That's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> the deception is deep. Now, it's not a time to think shallow, but this false front church that has gone so far away from anything that was that was in this early church, that is not God's real church. When your church is, is completely dedicated to the world's agendas and worshiping, see, they think they worship Christ. We're going to talk about worship. Um, they think they're worshiping Christ, but when you really start to talk to them about who they think Christ is, you will find out they made a completely different Christ. Um, I am really trying to avoid... Um, I'm really trying to avoid uh, telling this particular story, but I think I'm going to have to. And it's not being done in offense of any kind, but more to correct and admonish and um, and really in love. Uh, w- there are people that may listen to this podcast that need to repent and come back into the arms of Jesus. Because um, 
they've adopted these world's ideologies and it's very disturbing. Um, I had a uh, friend of mine, uh, Christian, says he's Christian, claims Christ, tell me that they were thinking about leaving their church because they had a, a um, they had a, a, a lesbian on their board of directors. And, and I thought he was making a joke. He, he was thinking about leaving. And then I realized that he wasn't making a joke. He hadn't decided yet whether they were going to leave. And I, I it kind of took me off guard. And then he made the comment that, um, well, my wife is more long, inclined to believe that we should just love everyone. You know, love everyone. Well, yeah, God wants us to show love to people. Right? He didn't want us to run around cheating, lying, stealing, and murdering people, obviously. He wants he didn't want us to cheat people. We're gonna talk about what is love. Does that mean that you should adopt their ideology? No. Matter of fact, the word tells us uh, I'm gonna skip ahead of myself. Let me go back to Matthew I'm gonna go to Matthew fifteen fifteen twenty five because we're going to talk about what worship is. Uh, the reason why we're going to talk about what worship is is because people today in this false church with this false Jesus are unknowingly and unwittingly worshiping in worship of a false Jesus that doesn't exist uh, and at best. At, that's a, that's best case scenario. At worst case scenario, they're worshiping the Antichrist and all his agendas with the face of Jesus over it. Satan is very subtle. The serpent is subtle. He's not going to come in directly. So here I am. I'm the devil. Bow down and worship me. <laughs> Don't be silly. Don't be naive. No, you're going to be, people are going to be in worship of the Antichrist without even knowing. They're not even going to know they're worshiping the Antichrist. Because, see, they're doing it right now by adopting and, and yoking their ideologies with the wicked one. Argue with me if you want to. You're probably sitting there talking to your radio saying, Heather, that's hard. I don't know if I believe that. That's okay. We don't have to agree on all things to be friends. And we don't have to agree on all things for you to get some good out of this podcast. I'm telling you. Let me go over here and read this. This is what I mean. I'm going to talk about worship. I love this. I learned this from a preacher that I love so much. His name Brother Simons. Brother Mike Simons. And he, made, he used this as a point years ago. And I never forgot it. Um, this is about the woman with the bread and the breadcrumbs and the dogs, okay? <laughs> you remember that story? Okay. And so, uh, there was a woman and behold, actually go back to 22. Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. How many of you know mamas will do anything they have to do? And, and when it comes to our children, uh, there's no pride involved. We'll do whatever we have to, right? But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, he corrected them. Okay. See, that's him saying right there, I've been sent to her too. Okay. So he knew what he was going to do. He was going to challenge her. He was going to test her. 
He, he wanted to use her as, as an example of putting your pride down and being determined. Okay. Then she said, <clears throat> then came she and worshiped him. Do you hear that? <clears throat> then came she and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. Wow. Now I'm going to finish the rest of it. But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it unto dogs. And she said, True, the Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. He was very he was very proud of her in that moment. He said, oh, he, he gave her a pat on the back. Said, great is thy faith because she didn't get offended. But that's a whole, the, the whole, that's a whole other, you know, thing to talk on. But the, this passage talks about her worshiping him. Now she didn't go in there to Jesus and, and bring her bluetooth speaker and put her hands up in the air and start playing bethel music and hill song and worship music okay uh worship is not what we made worship today is only about music in churches most of the time no that's true when that's why they call it worship service worship did you make it to worship I mean, did you make it to the concert, the church concert this morning, the little mini concert they give before church every uh, every Sunday? Now, I'm not bashing on music. I'm playing music right now. I love music. I love worship music. I love good, clean, safe, uh, powerful, live worship music. Those That's my favorite. But that's not the only way we worship, okay? We worship Him. By crying out and acknowledging him, crying out to him. She worshiped him by simply saying, Lord, help me. Wow. She submitted. Worship is whoever you submit yourself to, to do their will. Right? Yes. Um. Whoever or whatever you submit yourself to. Submitting being doing the will of. What is the church submitting themselves to? Oh, brother and sister, this is very serious. This is a very serious subject. (laughs) They are submitting themselves to the Antichrist. One world agenda every time they go along with these things. Oh, and how they hate the truth. How they just despise the offensive truth. And how they will crucify and burn those of us at the stake who dare to speak up against it. Hmm, my goodness. They are in worship by saying... I submit myself to these agendas. I submit myself to that will. I'm going to do what they say. I'm going to let that affect my um, 
actions in all the things we do here in the church programs. I'm not going to speak against sin because, you know, I don't want to offend the one that I worship. Who are they worshiping? They made another Jesus. Over here in Isaiah, and I've talked on this before, um, that Jesus visage was marred beyond that of any other man. We remember that. Not only did that come to pass in the natural, oh, that that our Christ was marred, his visage, his face, his, his, his whole being, physical being, marred beyond that of any man, but they are still marring the visage of Jesus beyond that of any, uh, beyond being able to be recognized. To this day, the Jesus that they are presenting is not even the Jesus. He's been, his visage has been marred. We can't recognize him. This Jesus says things that aren't even in the Bible, aren't completely contrary to his personality. You know what that tells me? He's not the real Jesus. Get away from it. Put your spiritual tennis shoes on and run. Okay? Do not be deceived. That's what the word tells us over and over again. Hallelujah. But this church today, this this fake church, now I'm fixing to go on who's the real church, Heather. You keep going on about this fake church, this church that has uh, that has bent its will to the New World Order Antichrist system. Okay. Um, this church, that church has been... Uh, a habitation of, of, of devils. We've seen it. Abominable things. Okay. Lying false spirits. False prophecy. Pro- false prosperity. Where Satan is handing people stuff hand over fist. Just because they love stuff. And he knows that's all he's got to do to occupy them. So that he can grab their souls upon their death. Oh yeah. Satan will give you everything you want. If it keeps your soul occupied long enough for you to lose it, make sure that the prosperity you have isn't something that uh, it, it, that it actually came from the Lord and that it didn't come from Satan just wanting to put a pacifier in your mouth so that he could drag your soul to hell. Okay? Because that's a different kind of prosperity. Yes, he will do that. He will give you everything that you want. There is such a, a thing as affirmations. Um... Uh, yeah, that that's all real. It's just witchcraft. It's where you lust and desire over things. Satan sees it there. He's going to go over there and fulfill it for you. And then, and then you can blame Jesus for it. And Jesus didn't even do it. It's a, you, that person wanted this stuff, the money, the cars, the whatever, the the and, and all that. They wanted it so much. They, they basically sold their soul. To get it without knowing they sold their soul. They just lusted over it until it came to them. That's what affirmations really are about. is stuff lust. And it's witchcraft. It's real. It really is. You, there are people on that movie The Secret. Which I highly recommend every Christian watch it. Don't stick your head in the sand. I don't want to watch it. Well, it's good to be educated. Get grounded in Christ. And, and, and you'll be fine. <laughs> 
get your spiritual sword out in your armor. Stop being afraid of every booger bear. Go and watch that movie. It'll give you a great insight that there are people in this earth don't serve Christ, don't you know, don't know Jesus, don't serve our God, and and Satan just bestowing all kind of goods on them. There's stories like that, and there sounds just like Christian. Some of the Christian modern day Christian prosperity gospel stories sounds exactly the same. Go watch it. Okay? That's all false. We want the real thing. We want the real McCoy. We want the real gritty truth because the truth shall set you free. Hallelujah. Now, y'all know I'm not against prosperity. Y'all know that. Okay? No, I'm not. I'm not against it. Uh, that's all up in this Bible. There's many people that, that had uh, uh, earthly goods, okay? I'm not against that, having a nice home or a nice car or having a nice job or making wise investments with your money. I'm not against that. And God, but, but God, let God put his hand on that. Hallelujah. And don't make that the center of your world because <laughs> in this world today, you can't afford to. I mean, inflation is so high. I mean, it's just gotten so ridiculous that people who have put all their hopes and their money and their rations and their ammo and their guns and all their their their, their stuff, oh, if that's where they are, they're going to be in, they're, up, they're lined up for some big old disappointments, okay? So moving on to who's the real church? Who is the real church? That church is the church that God is very pleased with that church. He's always been pleased with his bride. He's so in love with that bride. And and just like that movie, um, <clears throat> Before the Wrath, I highly recommend. You don't have, you can be post-trib, mid-trib, after the trib. It doesn't matter what you are, okay? Uh, you watch that movie and get something beautiful out of it. It's an amazing movie. But he's in love with his bride. That's you and that's me. And that bride looks beautiful to him. Because the church is not a fleshly church. It is the salt that is sprinkled all throughout this earth in the high and the low places. All walks of life. Those of us who are intimate with Christ, completely sold out, dedicated, love Him, have a daily walk with Him. Walking by the Spirit every day. We walk by a faith, not by sight, every day. We are looking on the horizon, always looking to see, looking for Him, looking for His return. He is daily giving you inspiration. He's daily giving you a, a knowledge, giving you warnings even. Yes, he does. You have an intimate walk with Jesus. That is the church. It, it can't be touched. It can't. It's the church. It is the church without walls. It's the church. It is, it is the body. Okay. And people always laying their eyes on this flesh church. This flesh church and saying, what's wrong with the church today? Well, ain't no, that, there's lots wrong with that church. 
and there always has been and there always will be but when it comes to God's supernatural church in the earth those of us that are divinely appointed um, that we are uh, connected by this deep thing uh, we are we are in the Holy Spirit have you ever met somebody in public for the first time that God connected you to, you knew that person, you knew when you saw that person, there's one I can remember, there's several actually, I have friends that I met just like that, it was just a divine connection, um, but there's one lady that I met, it was at my daughter's ballet class, and um, it was an old ballet studio, been there for, for a long time, over in a Cultural Arts District of Fort Worth. I used to take Rosie up there. She was so little. She was so cute as a ballerina. A ballerina. She was, it was a fun time of our life, but I was sitting out on the picnic tables waiting for her to do her class, and she, get, she was doing that, and I looked up, and I looked across the parking lot, and there was a lady, a Hispanic woman. She's probably in her 50s, walking across the parking lot, coming up to sit and wait for her granddaughter, probably, and as soon as I saw her in my heart, I said, that's a woman of God. I knew she was. And she came and she sat with me. And we talked small talk for a, a while. And then she started talking about Jesus. And I started talking about Jesus. And we made an instant connection. And we were friends. And she ended up friending me on Facebook. And I lost so many people when I, when they, when they, um, when they got me off of there, they, they deleted my account. I lost a lot of people, but I didn't lose her as my sister in Christ. And I did not lose her for eternity because I will see her again. But it was really interesting that when I saw her, I knew there was this connection. And she ministered to me uh, for several weeks. Uh, we would look forward <clears throat> to our visits at the ballet studio. And that's what I'm talking about, friend. I'm talking about... And a, an invisible church. That's what it is. Do we need fellowship to come together, have meetings, have revivals? Absolutely. It's like rain on the desert when we do those things. Do we need some kind of regular thing that we do in, in a good ritual for God that this is what we do on this day? We, we meet here. We, we do whatever. We meet at someone's home. We meet at a hotel uh, conference room or something. Yes, those are wonderful things to do. Or maybe a church, a, 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 a nice church. There's nothing wrong with that. That's wonderful. But it needs to be in the spirit it needs to be led by the holy spirit in intimacy with jesus staying grounded in the truth of this bible and the word hallelujah <clears throat> hallelujah well i'm going to here i go again doing the same thing i read from second thessalonians i read from matthew um I wanted to read one more thing before I wrap this up. I'm doing my very best here. I don't know if this is my best podcast, but but I'm trying. So you got to give me that. Um, something was mentioned about how we should just love all people. Jesus just wants us to love everyone and accept everyone. That's not in the Bible. If you show it to me in this Bible, I will eat a dirty gym sock. It ain't here. 
Jesus adamantly warned over and over about the danger of sin. Matter of fact, he even used an example that if your right eye offends you to pluck it out of your head, walk around with one eye. If you're, if you can't keep your hand from stealing things, it'd be better to cut your hand off. Yeah. He actually said that. Nobody's preaching that anymore. What he's saying is, if your flesh is going to hold you back from eternal salvation, you just need to get whatever it do whatever it takes to get that flesh in order. That's what he meant. Does that sound like the Jesus that told you to uh, yoke up with the world <clears throat> in the way that the church is doing it today? Ugh. It's an abomination. They are sitting at a table. If you could see uh, an example like in your mind, it, imagine all of the most foul things that you would never eat. Okay? Imagine that. You know, there was a movie called Eyes Wide Shut with uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, A-list movie stars. Um... I do not like Hollywood. Anybody that listens to me knows I don't. I don't watch Hollywood uh, stuff. I, I don't watch A-list stuff. I watch cheesy, low-budget Christian movies. <laughs> That's what I watch. You know, I watch a lot of documentaries and ministry stuff. But I never saw that movie. <clears throat> I never watched it. I never saw Eyes Wide Shut. I heard a lot about it. I read a lot about it. And I knew from what I read and heard that I didn't actually want to watch it. I did not want it coming into my eye gate. However, I really believed the theme of it was basically um, it was exposing some super dark things that actually do go on in the upper echelon of society. The man that made the movie... Um, that is what I'm told, that he was exposing some of the most vile things that his eyes had seen. Okay. What, how, how true is that? I don't know. That's what I've been told. But in the movie, <clears throat> they're actually in the movie eating some very disgusting things. Just look it up. I don't need to go into that and actually describe. But could you imagine that that's exactly what the church, the fake church is doing today they've deceived all of these people satan has done it he's just back there behind the curtains behind the stage just laughing um while the preacher is preaching about inclusivity and and and, and intolerance and talking about anything but the truth telling people jesus just wants us to accept and love everybody okay well, what is love? Well, you know, in the English language, we only have one word for love, which is really weird because the English language, have you noticed how many words we have for one thing? Isn't that funny? But for love, we use that word broadly spread across the board for any kind of love, <clears throat> whether it be platonic, romantic, whether it be um, uh, about food, I love potato chips, whether it be about I love you with all my heart to the moon and stars and back. I mean, it's just one word. So when it was translated into English, okay, we only have that one word. 
it can be applied in so many ways. So when they say Jesus wants us to love everyone, there is an element of truth there. Yes, there is an element of truth. He does want us to love everyone. He didn't tell us to yoke up with them and worship the enemy through adopting their ideologies and accepting their ideologies. For not, he did never. He never told us to put the big stamp of approval on somebody's sin. That is not love. If you are a true believer in Christ Jesus, that is not love. Love will warn. Love will admonish. Love will turn a person away. Love will wave your hands in the air and say, "Whoa, stop! There's a train." You know, and that person can't hear you. The train is so loud, bearing down on them. They've got their headphones on, and then you rush and push them, and they end up their face goes splat on the asphalt, and they get like a broken nose. But guess what? They didn't die. That's love. You see what I'm saying? You might have to give somebody so to speak. I'm not talking about literally. Please don't listen to this. Go out and punch somebody in the nose. <laughs> I'm saying. You might have to give somebody a uh, so to speak, an allegorical spiritual broken nose for a minute. You know, push them off the railroad tracks. It's not comfortable. Okay, so that their soul doesn't perish. They might get offended. They might hate you for a little while. And then they might look back once God has done something in them. They might look back and say, I'm so thankful that you loved me enough to offend me and walk all over my feelings. Because now I can look back and see where I was headed. Hallelujah. Is anybody getting anything good out of this? Because I know I sure am. But I wanted to read about... Uh, Romans 1 is just filled with uh, America 2022, but it's verse 32 that impacts me right now because it talks about not only would they do wicked things in this last hour, but they would approve of those that do wicked things. That's also a sin. Yes, it is. It's also a sin. And I explained that to my friend. And I hope and pray that that seed took root. I hope and pray that it provoked thought and conviction. Um, that this is a holy God. This is a holy God. If you've ever been in the presence of this God, you know to be afraid of sin. We know to turn away. It's time to stop playing tiddlywinks in the holy water, okay? And tell some things the way it is. Hallelujah. But it says, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things, <clears throat> such things being everything that was listed above, and goes everything full of envy, backbiters, truth breakers, despiteful, proud, proud, huh? What's, when's the last time you heard that word? Uh, yesterday, I've got all these things. That they which commit such things are worthy of death because the wages of sin are death, right? Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. That's a sin too. Not only do they... Um, 
not only do they do wicked things, but people today have pleasure in, in the people around them doing wicked things. I'm telling you, it's time to repent. If you have been even questioning uh, or thinking about becoming apostate, which means abandoning of your beliefs. Don't abandon your your basic beliefs in Christ Jesus to give up, to go along with this world. This world is temporal. It's temporary. The Word tells us, don't put your treasures here. Put your treasures in heaven. Hallelujah. I hope that you got something good out of this. I hope that I was able to convey um, something today that will turn a person back away from the great falling away. (laughs) Don't fall away. Stand on the rock that is Christ Jesus. And And hallelujah. And for those of you that want to argue and say, well, we hadn't got to the great falling away yet. Yeah, we have. We're already here. We've been falling away for many decades. As soon as this St. Germain stuff was introduced into the churches, um, and uh, an all-out assault was a, a planned attack uh, was made uh, on the churches. Um, they actually infiltrated the churches with new doctrines. It's been going on for a long time, okay? So yeah, uh, yeah, we've been we've been in the fallen way, so that the Antichrist, that son of perdition, could be revealed. So, it's going to come out, you know, but stand strong. He that endureth unto the end, enduring, endureth. I love language. Um, uh, Look that word up. To hold fast, right? He that holds fast unto the end. He that hangs on, you know, hang on like a bulldog. Jesus is coming back. And this time... He's not coming as a lamb. He is coming as judge. Ah, love you. I thank you for tuning in. God bless you. And no matter how crumbly the cliffs are out there in the spirit realm and spirit world around you, no matter how many people are trying to get you to convince that, you know, you need to change your old fuddy-duddy Christian ways, no matter what, You have yourself a lovely day anyways and stand fast on the rock that is Jesus Christ.